Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, episode 112, August 16th, 2020. Jason, Neil. Neil, what's up? Uh, there's been a lot that's happened this week. There's been so much that's happened this week that I forget the things that happened at the beginning of the week. If we didn't have these notes, I probably wouldn't even have thought to talk about it. This is our first week of using the notes. The yeah. notes was a good idea. We have a shared system, a shared doc, Google Doc system now where we, something happens, we put it down in the document, and uh, we both have access to it. And it's resulted in about nine pages of, yeah, <laughs> of notes here. Lots of notes. Yeah. Um, some of this stuff feels like it's two weeks old now, which is crazy. Yeah, that's kind of, so much Kind of stuff. the disadvantage of releasing a podcast on a Sunday when the Monday after has a lot of crap going on. In that's it. right. Uh, so we might as well jump right into it. Normally we do a little bit of like fun stuff at the stop, but we got a lot to get to yeah, here. Yeah, and so. there's all the stuff is in no particular order except no. for the, the end thing at the end. Yeah, we left a couple so. of little fun things at the end. So yeah, um, so we got to start with the draft, which was this week. That was probably the biggest thing of the week, although it doesn't really feel like it. It, just it feels like so, it was so long ago now, yeah, just because of all the hockey we've been watching. Feels forever ago. It's like we had so many months where there was nothing, and now it's just like there's like too much crammed into a week. I don't even remember what day it was on. Monday, Tuesday. I I, I I genuinely do not remember. It was definitely on a Monday. I think it was at like six Eastern. I don't know why I remember that. Like that's how so much stuff has happened, which is amazing. What did you think of the presentation of the draft overall? Um, I wasn't listening to it because I was live streaming at the time, so uh, I don't actually. I don't think I really have an opinion of what's going on, uh, or what happened. But I thought. Like, I don't know if it was Gary showing the balls or someone else showing the balls. Yeah, there was a guy that had like his mask on. He was showing the balls and then Gary had to like confirm the logo. I thought that was ridiculous. I think the setup they had was good, but we don't need the confirmation. Yeah, like that's just a waste of time. It's just like, I can confirm that is the Montreal Canadiens, even though they weren't in it. But that's basically what he was yeah. saying. Uh, anyway. Like just, I mean, you could literally, like he opens the case. Like this, like intense, like case that would hold like a gun in it with all like the custom little holes cut out. <laughs> yeah. And there's eight balls in it. It's very clear to see that all eight have the eight yeah, logos clearly. of the teams. Uh, I like that it was quick though, and they just put them all in, and poof, one yeah, came up. Yeah, it didn't and take long. That was it. Yeah, it was it was great. And it was funny because when it came up, you could clearly see who won. Yeah. And it took like probably five seconds I after know. the fact to <laughs> for Gary to say who had won it because the camera was zoomed right in on yeah. it. But he's lost a lot of weight. He was looking like almost in a level like is he sick? Like, that's how much weight he's lost, I felt he like. He looks like he's lost weight slash had a lot of hair, too. Yeah. Like, he's, like he looks like he needs a cut. Yeah. Like but he, he definitely did look like... His suit was too big for him. His shoulders were definitely, like, more scrawny. Yeah, I mean, back there behind us, for our, our audio listeners, Gary Bettman is, is behind us, our mascot. But uh, he didn't look like that. He looked... You know, his, he certainly didn't look like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Obviously, new, everyone knows by now, New York Rangers won the lottery. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't think it's rigged how... All these other people are saying that's rigged. Like, if come on, if it would have been one of the three big teams that nobody wanted to be in, that's when we would have heard the outcries. You can't. I don't think you can really cry over New York. Sure, they probably didn't need it the most. Yeah, no. In slow motion, you could see the Toronto ball go up there first and hit off. And so yeah, it could have easily been the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was like a Ch- John Tavares off the post, yeah. empty net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just couldn't get it done. So, I, I don't think it was rigged. I think that's kind of silly. So, I think. New York's going to be looking real good here. New York, New York is going to look fantastic. It's not the specific player that they needed as far as who he is and what position he plays and what mm-hmm. he brings because New York is pretty good in that category, but uh, it will at least potentially lead to future trades of maybe some people that they could get rid of that's in the same category that could bring in someone that they actually need, like on the back end or something. So It's good, it's, it's good for... The NHL to have New York have a strong team, it's which they haven't had for a while. They're the most profitable. Team. They are definitely the biggest team. I think they. And when they announced that they were rebuilding, 
I don't know if that market took it real well because you know that's the same market as the Yankees and stuff. They want to win. They there's, don't want to. They don't want to break her down and start over. There's expectations there. This accelerates that rebuild, I would say, big time. I have in my notes that they, with the retool, they they added Panarin, obviously, uh, Igor Shosturkin, and then Capocacco and Adam Fox. So yeah. you add Lafreniere to the mix. They're either going to have really great team or they have options to move to bring something else in. Totally. I think uh, I think New York's looking amazing right now. If you look in the past decade, teams like the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins with Ovechkin and Crosby, those teams are going to start to fall. And now we have teams rising like Carolina with Fetchnikov and Ajo and stuff. And now the Rangers, like Carolina and the Rangers, and maybe even the Islanders, are going to be strong teams for the next 10 years. So I kind of like that the NHL does that and it kind of... It comes in waves a bit for teams, so mm-hmm. it's exciting. I, yeah. I, I like it. Um, and then I also have in my notes that as a result of the Toronto Maple Leafs not winning the lottery, which means they did not get a top 10 pick, um, their pick now goes to Carolina. Which is 13th. So Toronto yeah. does not have a first-round pick this year in a year where they did not make the playoffs technically. That is that is unfortunate. But um, So I don't think we don't need to go over the draft door, do we? I don't think so. Like I mean, it's, um, it's, not, it's not significant right now. It is a pretty deep draft from what people are saying. It is. So yeah. even if you're in the top 10 of those teams, you're I, probably going to get something decent. I highly suspect that we're going to see some a lot of trading as far as draft order um, compared to previous years. There's one thing I didn't put in my notes that I want to talk about real quick. So um, on Wednesday, I believe it was, the Toronto Maple Leafs had their, um, they did like a virtual, what do you call them? They did basically a Zoom call with all the reporters. Like a like town a, hall? It was basically like a virtual... Like, you know, at the end of the year, the GM always sits at a table and the room's filled with... Whatever that's called. Okay. They had a virtual like one. Like an exit meeting or whatever? Basically, where reporters get to ask questions. Sure. So, Dubas was there, the GM, and um, Shanahan actually came too, the CEO slash president. And uh, Kyle Dubas was a little irritated, which we've never seen before. He, he was... He was... I don't know. He was almost attacking the media in some attacking the media kind of. He was saying, "I don't know why you guys are all on about Mitch Marner and blah blah and all wow. the stuff I read." And it's very clear that Kyle Dubas reads Twitter a lot because he sense. was he was he was upset about it. And he needs like part of that job is to not get upset about that. Like well, yeah, like you just can't. He's of a, he's of a different generation than most GMs. That's right. So and a lot of people are are obviously lashing out because. Toronto was expected to win. Like we even said that they had to win that series. Totally. So it's it's okay for the fans to be upset. Like they have the right to be upset. You Absolutely. Have, you have a great team on paper that's trying to build a team in a different style than almost every other team. Like they're trying to win with just pure skill. And it's starting to look like pure skill doesn't cut it. You need a little bit of toughness. You need a little bit of balance. You need a little bit of depth. No, he shouldn't be deflecting. He should have some accountability. And so, maybe he didn't in the rest of the thing. I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I thought but. Shanahan handled it way better. Yeah. Like he definitely had the right attitude of saying, you know, we need to take a step back. And a lot of it was like the typical stuff you heard. But in terms of like cliche stuff that you would expect to hear from Dubas, like he was like on the offensive and slash defense a lot of it. Like just mm. he came out and like personally defended Mitch Marner, which is fine because Mitch Marner is a good player. I mean, I don't think anybody's debating that Mitch Marner is not a good player. They're just saying that you have, you know, half of your salary cap tied up in four people. And this was a discussion four years ago. That's right. But like, the but the advantage of it, or not the advantage, but the the one thing that made it okay was the salary cap was going to go up, which means so those contracts values are actually going to go down right. percentage wise. Now that the cap's going to be flat for two or three years, mm-hmm. 
And I think the biggest criticism is they don't have that sandpaper. That's right. Kind of stuff. And, and, and I mean, he's tried to bring in a couple people like that. Like he brought in Jake Muzzin and I think Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he sent out Caudry. The Caudry, the Caudry trade was horrible. It, and <laughs> almost everyone that I've heard like speak to it, like reporter wise has said that there was one guy on Sportsnet that defended it on the radio station. It's like, buddy, you cannot defend this. Like it was, they basically just got rid of him because they, they had know, to, it was two suspensions in a row against yep. the Bruins and the team lost. Yep. Um, but he was unreliable as far as discipline. Yeah. So there's no choice. I had to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, but he was, he was that gritty piece that, uh, is a difference maker in mm-hmm. playoff games. Unfortunately, the last two years he was with Toronto. It was, it was in a negative way, but, um, he has the ability to, to do it in a positive way. So it was a big loss for Toronto. Yeah. And they didn't really replace him. So anyway, I just thought it was intense that we've seen it a little bit different of Cal Dubas. And, and last year when they had the exit meetings, Kyle Dubas said, you know, this is on me. You know, this is, I my, remember this that. is my TV. Like, yep. So, I mean, we're a year later and you've already taken responsibility for it last year. You got rid of the coach. Mm-hmm. So you have your guy in there now. Exactly. Like you have to take this heat and you have to be able to take this heat. Like you made changes with the players and the coaching like staff. That is the job. Like, yeah, it's a high stress job. It's a whatever job, but it's also got perks. You know, mm-hmm. you are the literally the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a pretty high intense it, place to be where lots of people yes. want to be. So, yeah, you have to be able to take the good with the bad. And like, you know, it's your job to be able to you know, coast those waters or whatever. It's the highest profile job in Canada within the hockey market. For sure. It's one of the high, most high profile jobs, I'd say, in North America. Yep, I agree. In, in the sports world. Yeah. And in, in hockey world, for sure. So yeah. I, was, I just thought that was a little bit interesting that we saw that. And a lot of people were, like, a lot of, like, the shows that you listen to, they kind of, like, took offense to him kind of being offensive slash defensive, saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, well. They probably like it, though, because it gives them something to talk about. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's that's that. Um, before we jump into anything else, I want to talk about this John Shannon quote. I want to see what you think about it. I, I wish your dad was here so he could give his opinion on it too. So John Shannon went on Twitter. He used to work for Sportsnet. Um, Sportsnet had a new CEO come in. They let a lot of their broadcasters slash radio people go, like Bob McCowan, John Shannon, like a whole whack of them got canned. Basically, the, basically, yeah, Kiprios, McLean, like yeah. all of the old school, long term people who had been there for a long time, which a lot were, of people really like that were probably getting paid a lot. Yes. Um, they got moved out. So John Shannon, I don't know what he's doing right now. He's he's gone on Bob McCowan's podcast a couple of times. But anyway, he's he used to be the producer of Hockey Night in Canada before he worked yep. for Sportsnet or before Sportsnet took that over, whatever. Um, and it, he basically put a tweet out there saying he was disappointed with Rogers and the NHL for not having a Canadian team play on Saturday night because it's hockey night in Canada. Which was last night. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about that? Uh I didn't watch any games really last night. I watched the Boston um, one and I watched the Vegas one part of it. I watched the earlier game, a bit of it, the Columbus Tampa game. But if there was a Canadian team playing later in the night, there's a decent chance that I might have tuned in a little bit. But there's I just don't have a lot of interest with a couple of the games that were on late last night. So I didn't I didn't tune in. So when he first tweeted this, I thought well, I don't think it really matters that much. But yesterday, I'm like, why isn't there a Canadian? Like, yeah, it's it's weird. Just supposed to be a Canadian. Team it's like, literally like, Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night. That's just how it's been forever. Yeah. So I kind of agree in a way with them now, but I didn't originally. And I mean, there was teams to show. Like, it's not like oh, there was only one Canadian team in the playoffs. So yeah, there's like four. There's a few. Is there? Four? There's three <laughs> at least. Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary, Calgary. That's probably it. I guess that's it. But yeah. still, three. That's. You could surely you get one of those three teams playing yeah. on a Saturday some, exactly. at some point or Saturday night. Exactly. So anyway, I'm kind of with him on that. It is what it is. I thought this was interesting, though. Yep. 
All right. A lot of stuff happened on Monday. This is one of the things that happened on Monday, literally right after we put our podcast out. So Dale Talon is leaving slash was fired from the Florida Panthers. Mutual. He was there for a while. He was there for quite a while. Yeah. About a decade, I think. Ten years. Ten years. Oh, yeah. You have it written down. Ten years. Uh, made the pl- playoff three of those ten years, but did not win a playoff series. Got close once. Yep. In the Islanders series. Um, he was responsible for drafting Huberdo, Barkov, Ekblad. Um, those are definitely the cornerstone players. He did some pretty good things. Yeah. But he also... You know what people were talking about yesterday? Not to off-topic this a little bit. So They're saying that Toronto may want to make a deal with Florida for Ekblad. Uh just, they I, think they, they I, think Florida's going to go into salary mode and try to dump a little bit to save some money, and they think they can ship off like a Neilander and some other stuff to pull an Ekblad back. I assume that Ekblad has a no moving clause. I don't know. I, th- I thought that was interesting. I, I was like, uh, I look that up. I don't know because I guess Neilander is only owed like I don't know what it is. They they were talking like like we are. I don't know if they were right on. They said something like twenty million dollars on the remaining four or five years because he was paid up front big time. So his cap hit is close to seven, but it's actually a cash that has to be paid is like two million less a year. Yeah. So that could be attractive to some teams because if you're already not at the cap, aka Florida, you're getting a you know a seven million dollar player almost for you know five or f- high fours. That what message that does that send to the rest of the organization though when you trade your captain and your your staple defenseman? And I just looked up his his uh, contract here. He does not have. A no movement clause until twenty one twenty two. I guess it. I guess it's. What are they doing next year? I don't know. I. 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 I think that's just the wrong message to send. Like I, Ekblad is. Well, like I said, those are cornerstone players. Like I don't know how the fan base would feel about that. I would be pissed. Um, Luan, uh, Roberto Luongo was brought back. Yep. Um, and was a big part in bringing Joel Quinville in. I guess he's also responsible for sending out uh, Gallant as well. Um, so Dale Talons, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm still sour over that. Yep. Um, so he was supposed to, his contract expired over uh, July 1st, um, but because of COVID and stuff, it was extended to right. allow the playoff run to happen. And then once they were eliminated, it was decided we're, Mutual not, we're, decision. Not, we're not bringing you back. So, um, mm. and here's a quote from the owner, Vincent Viola. He just said, for the last decade, Dale raised the team's profile, attracted key players to South Florida, and brought character and class to our franchise. When we purchased the Panthers in 2013, we did so with a singular goal to win a Stanley Cup. We have not seen our efforts come to fruition. We will now begin an organizational search for the next general manager. So, Does that for, mean it's coming within the organization, or does it mean the whole organization is going to be involved in I the think, search? I think if this happens sooner than later, and if it's someone from within... I think we know what route they're going. They're going for the cheap route. Because if you're hiring, if you're upgrading someone you already have, you're doing that on the cheaps probably. If you're bringing someone in that's, that's, yeah, you're going to have to pay, uh, you know, an NHL caliber GM, you're going to pay for that. Or you're going to bring up someone from some team's affiliate and not pay them that much. Exactly. But it's still an opportunity to be a GM in the league. So a lot of people will take it. Yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah. Uh, But it does say on my notes that a lot, they do think they are going to look outside. So we'll hope, hopefully that does happen. Mm. And then, uh, like I said earlier, Luongo is expected to remain. Uh, he was brought in as a special advisor to Talon, but he's definitely not going to be a GM candidate, obviously. You too early, I think. Way too early. Too like, early. He's, he you have to be on that side. You need to be in the business side for at least probably three or four years. Oh, yeah. Like you, yeah. You can't just be no. a goalie and then special advisor and then that's jump not, right That's not GM. taking anything away from Luongo. It doesn't matter what no. name is in that position. I think he would know that, too. Yes. Uh, speaking of shakeups, two days later... Um, the Penguins cleaned house. They uh, did. 
They did indeed. This is a big one. We got to give a shout out to Justin here. So we were actually supposed to have Justin on this podcast. And this is my fault that he's not on this podcast. <laughs> it, it didn't work out, which is uh, a bit unfortunate. But um, this whole Pittsburgh thing, and I think I think Justin made a video about this. And Justin, if you're watching, I didn't watch your video. No offense. I uh, I just don't watch a lot of other hockey YouTubers stuff when they specifically talk about topics because I don't want to copy them. But if I remember correctly, earlier this season, it was before Christmas, when Pittsburgh was struggling a little bit, I'm pretty sure Justin tweeted out that he was he liked or he was comfortable with Sullivan, but he wasn't sure about the the cast around Sullivan. So that's Recky, that's Gonchar, that's Jacques Martin. Big names. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Justin. Maybe I'm wrong. But look what happened now. Sullivan stayed and the supporting cast went. So, Justin, if it was you, uh, massive kudos to you for uh, basically predicting that um, before midseason. So that's, that's impressive. But, yeah, that's the news. So they, it, shows, they kind of it shows confidence in the coach, but it also shows, okay, we're getting rid of all these guys. You're up next. I wonder if Sullivan had a say in that. I don't know. Because I don't. I think here's what I think. I think any coach that wins you that many cups in that short period of time, I don't think you get to fire him. I I think he's after good. like a couple years where the team doesn't play as well as you think. I think he's a good coach. I think he's become a little bit stubborn in the past year and not maybe willing to make specific changes or make the decision that seems obvious but isn't being made. Well, so. I think Crosby's even come out and said the team's just getting older and the window's closing. Like yeah. that's not on the coach. That's on the GM. Like yeah, you have it, to There's an aging there's an aging uh, core there, so it's it's interesting though because if this happened on any other team, you'd be like, okay, well, there's nothing really to say as far as who the names are because maybe you're not familiar with some of the assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. That's usually how it is. But in Pittsburgh's situation, Mark Recchi is one of yep. the best NHL players ever. Sergey Goncher, one of the best defensemen ever, and Jacques Martin, who was a coach of of multiple teams, and the, yep. like these are these are high profile names. Yep. That have been just tossed out of that organization. So. And maybe Justin was right. Maybe they're high profile names. Maybe the first two that you said, maybe they're not quite yeah, maybe that's what why they, they are there. behind the bench that they were as players. Yeah. Like I yeah, think, you had them there for their name and for who they were and for yep. what they did for you. But maybe when when they make that switch over, they're not as effective as totally you're hoping. I think they would be great leaders, but uh, maybe they just couldn't translate that to mm-hmm. coaching or yeah. managing. So I don't know. But like if you're good at defense or if you're good at forwards does that mean you're all you're going to be a good offensive coach or defensive coach and that's what you're in yeah. charge with like that doesn't necessarily translate yeah exactly i mean mark recky was a really good two-way forward yeah that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be great at running the offense though totally because the game's changed that's right as well so what mark recky does know is extremely valuable but it's from a different time like mm-hmm. if the game has, tra- has changed immensely just in the past seven eight years mm-hmm. it's so much more fast now there's rules have changed a little bit so I mean, maybe that's part of it yep. as well. So it's, uh, I kind of like that they, the, the decision that they made though. I think this was the right one keeping Sullivan on. Yeah. Um, just reading through, uh, Rutherford's quote. It's pretty much just kosher. Yeah. It's fairly he, normal. He, he basically said they underperformed in the playoffs and that, um, they need a change in the dramatic dynamic of the coaching staff. Very high standards, obviously in Pittsburgh, especially after winning all those cups. Yep. Uh, the, he said the message to our fans, I'll say this, is we are not rebuilding, we're retooling. And yeah, other than that, it was just pretty much the yep. pleasantries that they say. When it's people get, just a normal. Like you could absolutely hate a guy that works for you and fire him. And then you're going to give him a nice message 
saying all the good things he did for your team just so that he has a chance. Would you prefer that or would you prefer just to, you know, hear the truth? Like, I didn't, we fired this person because they didn't do this or because they treated a certain player this way. Like, this isn't acceptable and they're gone. I think if they get fired for an unacceptable thing, it's fine. I think if it's their performance that you're not happy with, mm. I think it's okay to write a good message because that does give them a chance to get another job. You know when you apply for a job and then you include references? Do you think that that Mark Recchi goes to apply for another job in the NHL, whether it's assistant coach, whether it's whatever, do you think that that team calls Pittsburgh and asks, how was this guy for real? I think they do. I think they do as well. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. They'd be silly not to. Um, also, next page. You're on here? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, big one. Claude Julian hospitalized chest pains. This was, just came out of nowhere, basically. Big wear. It was after the game yep. that they lost. It's the first game. And it, this is really concerning because the, they said that it's not COVID-related, which is great, mm-hmm. but he had to have a stent yep. inserted or whatever, and he's going to go home. The doctors expect him to make a full recovery, and he won't be back, I think, for the series or something like that. Yeah, they said he won't be back for the series. I, but I'm if, thinking... If they win this series, I don't think he's going to be back at all. Oh, well, I don't know if he's going to be back ever. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, okay, well, clearly there's... This man is in a high stress environment. Yes. On a multiple, like. <laughs> in a market that is high stress. Sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes on a, you know, bi-daily, whatever basis, depending on when the team plays. Like, he's in a very high stress situation, which may have led to what happened or whatever. So are you really going to put him back into that scenario? Is he going to put himself back into that scenario? Like, he's got a family? Like, that's. I don't think. We will see him back as a coach. Big just because of that. Like you, that something like that really makes you think about your mm-hmm. like your life progression and stuff. Like, is it worth And I mean he's an older guy. He's an older guy. He's been around a long time. He you know, he doesn't need the money, he just likes doing it. He's a good coach yep. for the most part. I think I think we'll see him announce his retirement because I don't think he would make that decision to come back knowing that he could potentially lead to um more problems in the future. I think his doctor likely recommended that he not be put in stressful situations where he, <laughs> which that leads, job totally is, which that job totally is. So, um, so Kirk Myler is going to take over the coaching duties, which he did for game two and which he, they won five, nothing. He did. All right. <laughs> okay. Let me, I, don't, I hate to off topic a little bit. Did you see the people accuse Montreal of over, overdoing it with the five goals? I did see by that. disrespecting. What's your thoughts on that? No, it's playoffs. You you do what you got to do. Uh, Alain Vigneault was the one. Was it? Who, who publicly no, said that? I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it was just people no, online. It was him. No, he was he was. Listen, this playoffs, you do not. Here's the thing about Montreal: their power play sucks. Okay, so it wasn't. I think it was not so much of let's keep putting nails in, in the coffin. It was okay. This power play needs work. Here's a really good opportunity. <laughs> I don't find five nothing is nails in the coffin. If it's nine one. Yeah, maybe five nothing doesn't really mean a lot. We've in, seen we've how many games have we seen with three three goals happen in the last four minutes of there's been totally. two of them I think just this playoffs. I really like Alain Vigneault, but bud take your take the loss yeah. and move on. Yeah, like your team didn't show up. Don't take it out on Montreal. Exactly. pounding you because like, come on, you know you <laughs> have awful. the option. Just play harder. Exactly, play uh, harder. Yeah, no. If it, like I said, if it was nine nothing, nine one, eight eight nothing. Yeah, maybe five goals. No way. Absolutely. Like your playoffs. 
you've already missed four months of play. Like you have to, you're basically playing, but you're practicing at the same time. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're refining your craft and conditioning in playoffs. Yeah. So you have to go all the time, all the time. That's my opinion. I completely agree. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump down to this one first. Sure. Um, so the Providence Bruins announced the creation of the Colby Cave Memorial Award. Which is a really good idea. Um, they're partnering with his family and the Boston Bruins Foundation to honor his commitment to helping those in need. I guess he was like super community oriented. Like it was low profile. Like there's lot. I think there's lots of people in the league that are like that. They, yep. they do a lot of stuff that nobody knows about. It's just I think kind so of too. on the side. Because I think Mitch Marner is one of those people and they, they talked about that. Yep. Um, yeah, Mitch Barnett actually does quite a bit off the uh, ice. Yeah, the, said the award will be presented each season to a deserving Bru- uh, Providence Bruins player for the dedication to the community and charitable organizations. Um, he did play five seasons with the Providence Bruins. Uh, he played a few with Boston. He played two, I think, with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I think the last year, like this year, I think he was actually playing for their AHL affiliate. I think mm. he was put down. Um, but the Bakersfield Condors, I think it was. Yeah. Or something. Um, so he passed away on April 11th from an acute obstructive hydrocephalus due to a colloid cyst in the brain, which is kind of super intense and super sad and super like out of the blue. Like it's not really something that you're like, no, it's like you have something wrong with your brain and then it's too late. Yeah. It's just like instant basically, which is crazy. So it's really sad for the family. It's good to see this is being done. I believe the Bruins have little hearts on their helmets with the number 25 in them. um, Just to kind of honor him. So Mm -hmm. that's good to see that. All right, so next we got to talk about uh, the Hurricanes coach, Ron Brindabore, being fined $25,000 for his crime scene comment. So, let's did, did you see Carolina tweet out the picture of the check? Yes. That they wrote? That was funny. Yeah. I can't remember what they said, too. It was like money well spent or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, let's get into this. So, this this all happened because of a play that happened. Um, what game was it? Two? Game two, I believe. Um, where basically... The coach, Rod Brindamore, called a play for a hand pass. He had, that, not, he had not. So basically, there was a there was a lot going on in front of the net. It looked like a uh, the puck went off of a, the hand of one of the Boston players. It got mm-hmm. knocked down. The goalie covers it. He has it covered. And then the Boston player kind of pulls it out from under his glove right. and then backhands it in the net. And he's just like, that's not a goal. So he challenges it for goaltender interference in quotes. So anyways... Um, the ref comes over and says, you have to pick one. And he goes, what do you mean you have to pick one? He says, you either pick, it's a hand pass or it's goaltender interference. It, you can't challenge both on one play. <laughs> and he goes, well, if it's a hand pass, that means he hand passed it to another player and then he put it in. So that's no goal. If it's a goaltender interference, it's goaltender interference and that's no goal. So it doesn't matter which one I pick. It's both goaltender interference. So he goes for the hand pass. Yeah. So it goes for review and they say, oh no, Mrazek had control. <laughs> so the hand pass, which was there, it kind of gets knocked down from yeah. the air. Mrazek covers it, and then it looked like the Boston player almost puts his stick under his glove, pulls it out from his glove, and then right. backhands it in. So anyway, the goal counts, so if you had and, it they, and they take a penalty. <laughs> so Brindamore is furious. It's ridiculous. I completely agree with him. Like, where do you stand? We haven't talked about this, so. No, that was no goal. Like, I don't, I don't know how. Okay. It makes the NHL look so bad. Okay, when here's what I will say about it. When you look at it in slow motion, it looks way worse than fast motion. I agree. Because it looks like he has it covered for a long time and the puck squats loose. In in fast motion, he basically covers it. And the second it's covered, it's back out again. Yes. So he... he in terms of what the ref said to the coach, if he has possession of it, technically that should have been a whistle. And technically... If a goalie's got possession and his glove is over the puck, 
Technically, the puck's not in play anymore, right? At least they could have at least thought about blowing the whistle. Now, it would have been a super fast whistle, which generally yes. speaking does not happen. You usually just wait like a second. Correct. Um, so that's the only kind of crack in this I see. But I'm 90% that that shouldn't have been a goal. Yeah. Like I, when I watched that live, I was like, that's not a goal. Either it's a goal or it's not a goal. Why is a coach being forced to pick a certain scenario? Because based on the rules, you can't investigate the entirely play that led up to that goal. You have to pick, is it a hand pass or is it a goaltender and that, But that's the problem. That alone makes the NHL look bad. So, And this was called by the ref upstairs, which you and your dad and I have been advocating for. Yes. He called that ref out saying he has no business being up there. Yes. Which is intense. <laughs> which is a bold thing to say. So he was he was fined $25,000. But he's right. Like, he's, he's right. If the system is broken in the NHL for that to even happen... And it makes it, the NHL look even worse when they give them a slap on the wrist for it. When they know they're wrong. Like, clearly, it's a broken system. But someone criticizes it, so you have to find them? Like, give me a break. $25,000 is nothing for to them, but still. <laughs> All right, folks. We've had to cut this twice because <laughs> one time a bathroom ran and the second one a phone ran. So I apologize. This may be a little janky, but we're going okay. to keep going with it. Okay, so I want to read you some Brindamore quotes yes. because they're pretty good. They are good. So he says... He comes to me and says, pick one. I'm like, well, it's one of the two. There's obviously no way that can be a goal. It's like I said before. He's putting on me to pick it. Well, you tell me what you're calling. Are you calling that he had it? Then is it effing goalie interference? <laughs> like, did the goalie have it? Because if he did, it's goalie interference. <laughs> if you're saying he didn't have it, if you're not telling me what call you're making and I have to pick one, then I, and then they go upstairs and say, oh, he had possession. It's horse crap mm-hmm. in the not nice way to say that. There's this is where the league is a joke. Bam, there's your fine right That's there. That's the kicker right there. Yeah. And then this is what he said about the overhead refs that we kind of advocate for here on this podcast. Um, so the guys up there that aren't putting any sweat equity into this game decide the game. It's wrong. He doesn't tell me what the call on the ice is. If it's not a glove hand pass, I would have said, okay, then that's effing goalie interference. And he's right. He's totally right. You have to know what they're calling. Yes. It's, re- it's a ridiculous system. Like, how can you challenge something if you don't know what you're challenging? Yeah. That's what a challenge is. You're challenging the call on the ice, but he had to make the challenge before they told him what they were calling. It's unbelievable. And if the NHL doesn't make a, a an adjustment to this system in the offseason, like what's it just it makes them look so bad. Like we cannot run into a situation like this again in the playoffs. Unacceptable. Mm. Unacceptable. All right, up next we have the five overtime game. Yes, that was this week too. You were not home. I don't remember. Where I was you at were. the lake. Yeah, and I was like texting you. Third overtime, fourth overtime. I couldn't believe that game was still on. It started at four o'clock in the afternoon our time. Yeah, I was still at work when that started, <laughs> and I think it ended around just before eleven or something like that. Yeah, it was like a. Yeah, it was around. I 11, can't remember, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was a hundred and fifty minutes and twenty seven seconds over almost two and a half games, or about two and a half games of crazy of hockey. Um. So, yeah, obviously this is the Tampa Bay-Columbus game one. Uh, 151 total shots, 88 by Tampa, 63 by Columbus. 92 block shots, 105 hits, fourth longest game in play in NHL playoffs. Yep. And then your boy Corpusato sets the all, all in NHL all-time save record with 85. Defeats Kelly Rudy's record. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Jeff Merrick said as soon as that happened, he texted him. That's Jeff Merrick has those <laughs> stats in his head. Like, yeah, Jeff he does. Merrick is amazing. Uh, and then obviously the big news for me was that Boston was supposed to play their game at nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, this was pushing on to 11 o'clock and 
was like, uh, okay, are we going to play at midnight here? Like, what's going on? And then they mm-hmm. finally postponed the game, which really sucks for the, the two teams having to postpone. Like, they're sitting, getting ready all day, ready to go at 9. Okay, we're going to wait till 10. Okay, we're going to wait till 11. And then, oh, no, you're not going at all now. Yeah, so they had to play the next day, I think, at noon-ish, which means there was three games happening that day in that arena, mm-hmm. which means the third game that was happening, the ice was probably pretty bad. I can't remember what game it was. Yeah. But that first game, I think that Boston Carolina game went to overtime. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, it did because the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter game was on point that yeah, night. It, it was, was like, hey, he, they were like tagging the NHL, like, hey, NHL, we got a game coming up, but these guys won't get off the ice. <laughs> yeah. And then when the Carolina game went into overtime, the NHL tweeted back, like, hey, we got a game coming up between these two. <laughs> you guys need to get off the ice. So it's pretty good. Yeah. So speaking of that five OT game, let's talk about Mike Mulberry, let's who was it. clearly not happy to be there that long. No, God forbid. <laughs> he was talking about how he had like. During the broadcast, I think he was talking about how he had a dinner date to go to, and he didn't want to miss it or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, Mike Milbury. Sorry, Mike. So anyway, he puts, and I think this is intentional. I don't think this guy's stupid. This guy knows Toronto. He's been in the league forever. You think this was intentional? I think this was intentional. You think it's a troll? I think this is a huge troll. And from everything I've listened to about people talk online and on other shows, they think it is too. Maybe, but he's still an idiot. Oh, no. Like, Totally. <laughs> He says, another worldly night. This is the tweet he puts out. He's got a picture. I didn't print it. A really blurry picture. A really blurry picture of the CN Tower, like, at night, because like, that game went on so long. And he, like, yeah. I understand. The game was supposed to start at 3 Eastern, and it didn't get done to, like, 10-something. Um, he says, on another worldly night, the Space Needle is an appropriate backdrop. So a huge shade thrown at Toronto. Like, yeah. okay, what? That's the CN Tower, not the Space Needle. Uh, insane Columbus Tampa Bay game. God bless both teams for a great effort. Enough, though. I believe we should end these games sooner via three-on-three or shootout after a time. What do you think? (laughs) He got some mega heat. I think the what do you think at the end is what proves he's trolling here. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because people were going on about about the Space Needle. And, like, if you listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast, that's the first thing they talk about is the Space Needle. If you listen to Good Show on Sports or on Sportsnet, that's the first thing they talked about. <laughs> I was like, "No way, this is a story!" And like every single show that I listened to after that happened, that's what they opened yeah, with. Wow! But the it's like Elliot Friedman said: the underlying thing to this message is not what he's saying. It's it's how disgruntled he was that he had to wait that long yeah. to get out of there. Like <laughs> he's clearly just a guy that doesn't want to be at work that long, and he has to be there. I uh, there's a couple of people that I dislike in the sports world. I don't know if there's anyone more that I dislike than <laughs> by the Mike Mulberry. I I have no use for him whatsoever in any capacity. And we're going to get back to him later in the podcast. He too. said, yeah, he's an idiot again, but uh, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. So I thought that was funny. That, that set Twitter on fire when he put that, cause there's just so much in there. Yeah. Like another worldly night <laughs> and then the space needle not having regular overtime in the playoffs, switching to three on three and shootouts, which nobody wants. Yeah, no one wants that. And then the underlying message of him just not being happy that he had to work that long. <laughs> Like there's so like that is one of the greatest tweets it this is. year. It it's is. so good. I love it. Like it makes me angry, but it's like if you analyze it, like I laughed when you first sent that to me, but then when I actually like looked at it and took all the little parts out of it, like that, like <laughs> I don't think he's a smart man, but this tweet is genius, and I don't think if it was no, if it was accidental or on purpose, like if, it can't be on purpose. If it was intentional, it's a there genius. Is, tweet. There is so much in this tweet. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, speaking of, like it's not speaking of, but some bad news here. I think. Bob McKenzie going into semi-retirement from TSN. Bob McKenzie, as far as I'm concerned, was the first insider in the NHL. Yeah. If, he, if I don't know how much exposure Bob McKenzie gets in the United States or internationally. I think he gets a lot because if you read 
um, like city pages, like city sports pages, yeah. like like Boston, like in Arizona or Boston. Like when something big happens, they'll quote uh, okay. Bob McKenzie. Like Bob, Bob McKenzie's well known. He's an amazing sports mind. He started the inside the hockey insider. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a lot of them now. Um, I would argue that Elliot Friedman is bigger than him now. I agree. Um, Elliot Friedman talked about him a little bit. Um, normally, they don't do that on their own shows because TSN and Sportsnet are basically rivals. Yeah. So they don't really mention each other. But on the 31 Thoughts podcast, he did talk about it. Um, he said, he said, you know, all the insiders, like he talked about, like Drager and all of them, like they're all friendly. Um, mm-hmm. He said sometimes they don't get along because they're all trying to publish the story first. Like that's yep. the business they're in that they compete. Absolutely. Um, but when they go to places, they have dinners together and stuff. And, he, you know, he gave a lot of good comments to Bob. And, um, yeah, before before Elliot Friedman got big, Bob McKenzie was it for me. Like, he and was he the was man. For a long time. For long a time. very long time. Yeah. But he's getting old. 40 years he's been doing this. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so, yeah, he was supposed to. This is the Stanley Cup final game this year was supposed to be his last day until he went on to lighter duties. But yep. because of COVID and all that, he decided, like, nope. After the draft lottery with New York winning, that's it. So he's he's done for the rest of this technical playoffs. He's going on vacation. You're not going to see him on any of those shows. He's an amazing journalist. Oh yeah, uh, he's he's one of the journalists that that he doesn't let his personal opinions affect what he reports. He's very level headed. How it should be. He's an amazing journalist. Yeah, he's incredible. And I believe his son is a scout too, or something. I think so. Yeah, his son is is involved in hockey. If I'm yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, he's got a new five year contract with TSN. It's not going to be anywhere close to what he's doing now. Uh, he's basically going to cover the World Junior Championships, which is good because yep. the World Junior Championships is always good. Uh, he's going to do the draft rankings three times per year, so he's going to be really into the younger players coming up. Mm. Um, he's going to pop up on the trade deadline day and which the free is amazing. agent things. So he probably won't be one of the insiders that's always working in the background, but he's going to give his opinions on stuff, which is good. Yeah. And then he's going to do a handful of Leaf regional games and some NBC games, um, as well as some of the 2020 and 2021 NHL drafts. That's cool. So I'd say after next year, when he's not doing that other stuff, he's basically going to be focused on the younger people. Yep. Okay, this is a pretty big story here. This is a... It turned into be a crapshoot, really. Um, It's it's the whole page. Yeah, literally this took up the whole page. I couldn't fit anything on it. So, Tugarask. I'm sure everyone here knows by now what's going on. He's gone. So, let's give us let's give the whole picture here. So, after game 2, he was up on the interview desk with someone else. I can't remember who he was with. And he just put comments about saying how it doesn't feel like it's playoff games. He said it's not intense. It's you know, there's no crowd. He said, when you're when you're at home or when you're in the way, there's crowd yelling at you, crowd backing you, it gets you going. Yeah, he said there's a couple of spurts of of coast to coast hockey, but other than that, yeah, it's it's. He said it's kind of like playing an exhibition game. That's what the quote is. Yes, an exhibition. It game. said definitely not a playoff atmosphere out there. You try to play as hard as you can. When you're playing at a home rink, the fans are cheering against you. It creates a buzz for the series. There's none of that. It just feels dull. And it says there's moments when there are scrums and whatnot, and then there are five minutes when it's coast-to-coast hockey. That's not atmosphere, so it feels like an exhibition game. And he didn't say it. Like, if you read this quote, it sounds like he's kind of, like, whining about it not being intense. But if you actually listen to the tone of his voice, he's just answering a question. He's like, it's a, and he's like yeah. me. He's, like, using this kind of, like, high voice. Like, it just doesn't feel like a playoff game out there. He's not upset, and he's not mad that it doesn't feel like a playoff game. He's just saying it doesn't feel like a playoff game. Well, it's funny. Like, there's a lot of people criticizing me over this. And like, oh yeah, uh, he's getting torn. Like I, number one, we're not there. 
No. So how are who are we to tell an NHL player how to feel in a situation that we aren't even in ourselves? Mm-hmm. And number two, if you actually think about it, there's nothing he's saying that's wrong. Nope. Of course he's like, yeah, this is like, I don't understand how people are upset by this. They're trying to fake it so that it seems more normal, like the EA noise, crowd noise yeah. and stuff. Like there's a lot of fake production work going into like if they're just out there playing and it's just there's like, no one else around. Like, like the fans are a big part of it. Yeah. Um, so the team put on Twitter uh, just a couple hours, actually, before the third game mm. that, that his his statement. And it said, I want to be with my teammates competing. But at this moment, there are things more important than hockey in my life. And that is being with my family. I want to thank the Bruins and my teammates for their support and wish them success. So when I first seen that, I was like, what the frig? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you just how can you just go away? I was surprised by it. I was I, I didn't see it coming. That's for sure. Um, when I Don Sweeney went up and talked to reporters. And I felt a lot different about the situation after I listened to him, though. So this is something that I guess he's been contemplating for three weeks and he's been struggling with it. Yep. He has a newborn that was just born, I believe, in April or May. So only a few months old and also has two younger daughters. Mm -hmm. So his wife at home in Finland is dealing with two young kids and a baby by herself. That's right. In COVID, in a pandemic. And he left. I'm thinking the wife said, you better get home and help me out here or you ain't going to come home to a family. That that might that might be part of it. I don't know if it was that extreme, but uh, like she probably did say she needed help and he probably felt like he needed to be there. Family comes before hockey. Totally. And people had that option. Absolutely. So there are some we're going to get to the Mike Milbury quote here in a minute. I'm actually going to play it for you guys because I want you to hear it. People are, are talking in a way as if it would have been better if he just didn't come in the first place. Mm. Like he just was like some other players and said, nope, this isn't for me. I got obligations to my family. I'm going to stay home. He struggled with it. And he said, no, I'm going to come and try. How is that worse than not coming at all? I know. I don't But understand. people are treating it like it is. I don't understand. Why are people upset by this? Like it's a family decision. That's right. And this is a pandemic. Like people are. Uh, I like, just, I don't get it. I, I think people think. forget that, especially if you're in the States, like no offense, but people are going about their business as if things are normal. Like, I know. Things are not normal right now, people. Like it's not normal at all. Um. So yeah, John Don Sweeney said we've been talking for three weeks. He said we've. He even said on the on the on the microphone. He said, you know, this did not come as a surprise to us. We've been aware. Like we're obviously privy to more information for you. This mm-hmm. was a really tough decision for him. And and the team supports it a hundred percent. Like the team's not mad. The players aren't mad. No, I they. I don't understand how this kind of goes back to the other thing we talked about. But who are we to criticize someone else's decision when their decision is based on their own? personal family that's right like we we, we should have no opinion i don't get it i don't i don't i I don't get it either i think it's ridiculous people are so polarized now it's scary man like i don't know it's about that there's there's such a huge teardown culture right now oh huge and they see that and they're like okay well the time to make him feel bad it's like yeah he's putting on the heat the team i'll tell you how i feel yep which in turn makes them feel better about themselves like you think he feels good about leaving his team like regardless of what the fans will think hmm like he's been thinking about it for three weeks. Very frustrating. And I don't blame him. If I had a new baby at home and two little girls, and then I just had a wife, kind of her trying to deal with that by herself, like mm-hmm. I think Tukaraska is, is a is a true man for doing that. Well, yeah, true man. And good on him. Boston luckily has a decent backup in Halak. Like decent. They're, they're not out of. Yeah, well, like yeah, clearly like, it worked because yeah, they won like yeah, yesterday's like, game. So. Uh, he did say the family is safe. Some people were saying that maybe something went wrong with the family. Um, Don Sweeney did say this, the family is safe. But there was also another tweet uh, that went out by someone who knows Tuka Rask really well. And he's like, 
don't know if he's close to the team or he was working on a book or something, but mm-hmm. they said that it was he was called back on an emergency. Like he oh, had wow. to go back. So maybe it could be a, like, there's conflicting information there. Like maybe just a parent or something like that. Like knows? I said, maybe maybe the wife was just saying, I can't do this by myself anymore. I really need you to come back. And he maybe. said, All right. Um yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Mike Milbury's comments. Oh about, yeah, he had some he had some things to discuss or um, say about this. Of course he did. Um, I want to play that clip. So I'm going to play it right now. Is that okay with you? Yeah, play it. Okay, here's what Mike Milbury had to say on one of the intermissions on NBC. This puts Tukarask in a, a unique, if unusual, position. Others have opted not to enter the bubble. Some, most, with health reasons, but. Uh, others have left the bubble for a childbirth or for health reasons or various reasons, but nobody has simply opted to just leave the bubble because they didn't want to be here and they needed to be with their family. Uh, I would not have done it. The rest of the league's players have not done it. I think this will be in a city that hasn't really embraced Tukaras despite his success, a city that I grew up in, I played and coached there for 20 years and live there now. This is going to be a difficult decision to swallow for Boston Bruins fans. I like how he makes it about himself. Why is he making it about himself, like, A, and why is he attacking Tuka Rask, yeah. B? Like, clearly he has a problem with Tuka Rask. There's a, there's a clip from 2015 where he's, he says he doesn't trust Tuka Rask and all this stuff. So I think he just doesn't like the guy, period. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, first thing he said, well, I wouldn't have done it, which yeah. already means I'm better than Tuka Rask. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. None of the other players have done it. But lots of other players have opted out before. Yeah. And lots of people opted out before because of their family. Yeah. Like the reason he's leaving. Like he's trying to he's trying to make it sound like Tuka's quitting on the team because he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. He used to play for the team, he used to coach the team, live there live now. Live there now. And, and, okay. a, and a, you know, what do you think about Tuka leaving? It's like, oh well, in a city that hasn't really embraced him. It's like, why are you doing this to the guy? What a donkey. What an absolute How is donkey. he still employed by NBC is my question. Unbelievable. Speaking of being employed by NBC, okay, um, we're gonna get to some that. More tweets we're gonna read. <laughs> um, so, in the Bruins game, obviously Halak played and he did win, um, but Sveshnikov got tangled up pretty bad with Chara. They were kind of going back and forth like this, and he fell, and his knee kind of went one way, and his leg went one way, and his body went the other way. Did, it did not look good did, at all. Did you see my tweet? Did not that? see your tweet. Um, so if you ha- you've seen the play though, right? Oh yeah, I watched the play. So that is literally the exact same thing that happened to me. Yeah. The way that the leg went, the way the ankle went, the way that he fell on top of it, that's how I shattered my ankle. Like if you could have put me in that in that 100%. that uniform, that is literally exactly how I broke my ankle. And when they carried year. him off the ice, he wasn't putting a single bit of weight on no. it. Now, because he had a skate on, I don't think his ankle dislocated like I like mine did. So if he did break his ankle, I don't think it's going to be as severe. Do you think it's an ankle or a knee? I think it's knee because the ankle didn't have enough room to bend because of the skate. So I think it's an, it's probably going to be an ACL mm-hmm. uh, situation, which I think connects the upper leg muscle through the knee to the lower leg muscle or something. I, I don't, I'm not smart, but one of the um, Carolina players did an interview after the game and one of the, whoever, because they're basically standing in a room by themselves and they're, they're being piped questions from people who aren't there. Right. Yes. And someone asked him how he was after the game. And he said, well, when we went into the room, he wasn't there. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a serious uh, injury. If he did break his ankle, um, it's probably not, probably not going to be as severe as mine was because of the skate, which is really good news for Sveshnikov. But just in terms of me personally, I was on bed rest for two months. It took me about three or four months afterwards. That, so I'm about six months in before I started to actually walk without a limp and be totally normal. 
clearly he has better facilities <laughs> and doctors oh, yeah. than I did yeah. and care. So that will be accelerated a bit for him. Uh, but still, it's going to be, if he did break his ankle, it's going to be a minimum of eight months before he's able to play again. Uh, Stamkos went through the same thing. He broke his ankle as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I have, this is actually interesting because I tried my skates on for the first time since my injury a couple of days ago before this even happened. Could you get it on? I could get it on fine, but because I have three metal plates and 14 screws in my ankle, my ankles, it just, it's visibly bigger. Like you've mm-hmm. seen it. It's, it's, it looks like it's swollen a little bit and it still is a little bit as well. Uh, it is uncomfortable in the skate for sure. But I think, I think I could skate on it. I didn't skate this last winter because I didn't, it was, I felt it was maybe a bit too risky, but I think, I think I could now, like it, it feels pretty good now. I put the skate on, skate felt good. So yeah, I think it could happen. So eight months minimum, I'm thinking for, if it's, if it's a broken ankle, I think it's eight months minimum. Wow. All right, so here is what Coach Brindamore had to say after that game. Um, someone was asking him about how the team's going to rebound for game four. And he, he actually had a hard time answering the question because all he could think about was Sveshnikov. He said, right now it's tough um, because you see a kid go down. That injury looks really bad. That's all that's going through my head. I hate it for him. That's it. I can't even comment about anything else to be honest with you. And yeah. a lot of times that's kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card, just like, I'm not answering that. I, you look at his face, that's legit. Like, he, yeah. that's what he's thinking about. And he's he's not anywhere else. Yeah, totally. And he's so close with his players. Like, he's a real players coach. So I'm sure that he's absolutely just tore up inside mm. about this. So let's get to Jack Edwards, <laughs> the old Bruins announcer that everybody loves. I hate Jack Edwards. Nesson. He puts a tweet out that gets a lot of heat. And I think he's going to have to answer for this heat. I don't think this heat's going to go away. Yeah. Do you, think, like, he's obviously, Nesson is his employer, yep. but he's on the NBC feed. Do you think that NBC has a say? And well, I think, that, I think this makes him look really bad. And Nesson is basically owned by the Bruins and the right. Patriots and the whatever, like it's new England sports network. Right. Yes. Um, so he puts a tweet out and he says what NBC hasn't shown yet because he wasn't covering this game. This is just him throwing his own comments yep. in um, what NBC hasn't shown yet regarding the un- unfortunate injury to Sveshnikov, the Carolina wing playing hobby horse riding Chera on the back apron of the goal. You poke the bear, you take your chances. No one wanted to see Sveshnikov get hurt, but he bit off more than he could chew. It's not like Chara <laughs> like intentionally did. Everybody like, is concerned about this player. And even when Tuka went back to or announced he was opting out of play, even the Carolina Hurricanes put a tweet out saying, Family's the most important thing. We hope everything works out for him. And then you have the, the, the main broadcaster of the team <laughs> going after Sveshnikov. And it wasn't even Snatch Fesnikov that was poking the bear. It was Aho. Yeah, exactly. So he was factually incorrect. But like, it's not like Chara did that on purpose or something. They were in front of the net, and it was just an unfortunate fall. Exactly. Like, it, it, oh, my God, I hate so, him so, so much. So, number one, he says something inappropriate. Number two, he blames a player for doing something that actually didn't do anything because it yeah. was Aho. And number three, he's just, a, he's just an a-hole. Like, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Totally. And he is being called out by... A lot of people, so, in, like by NHL players. The first big one was from Ray Ferraro, TSN. Yep. He said, what a joke and embarrassment, and then quoted him. Mm-hmm. And then Carolina said, uh, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes even quoted the tweet and said, this one should have stayed in the drafts, Jack. Like, like what are you doing? Yeah, and Evander and Kane. Vander Kane came out today. Like, I had these notes printed from last night, and this morning when we got up, yeah. Vander Kane's even calling them out. So I think it was worse than both of those. I can't remember specifically what he yeah. said, but it was... 
Like it's it's I don't know for I don't. This is great though. I love it. I love seeing Heat on Jack, and I hope he oh, loses his job. I'm like I said, I'm a Bruins fan, and I. I'm yeah, you're okay a Bruins fan. Yeah, I'm okay with it. You cheer for the team. Nobody likes him. Even yeah. the even the Bruins fans like he's gotten worse lately. I he think. has like over the last five years, he's definitely gotten worse. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fine to have it. It's fine for your home broadcast to be homerish. They're kind of supposed to be. Exactly. They're paid by the team. Yes. Basically. The fans want to hear a bit of homerish like that. But the team is going to pick people who talk favorably about the team. Yeah. He's done too many stupid things now. But he's he's often on the national and NBC feed because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And Boston's a very prominent team, so a lot of people are going to watch those games. And it makes NBC look so bad, even though they're not really at fault. So I think that NBC may not choose uh, that specific feed to uh, carry as a national feed. Maybe they'll do the away, that's intense. the away broadcast. I don't know. We'll see. So I think that's all I got for like news stuff. Pretty uh, much, other than the standings. We, we should go over the standings as of right now. So By the time you hear this, it'll change a little bit because there's games on this afternoon. Yeah, but. so Boston's up 2-1. Any surprises there? Um, I'm surprised they won game three. Not like I, Halak is a very good goalie. Well, but they I didn't felt, have Pasternak either. And they didn't have Pasternak. Like, this team is obviously missing two of their big players in Rask and, and Pasternak. I just felt like... You predicted Carolina, didn't you? To win? On that on that game. Oh, I did. Yeah, a yeah lot totally. Of it, it was 74% on our Discord oh, had yeah. Carolina win. I just felt that they would feel a little bit deflated. But they played uh, They played really well. I mean, the yeah. only goal that they led in, I think, was the gift that Halak Super gave. Super gift. Other than that, he was... There was one really goal well. that could have been counted. Like, it got yeah. shot on the left side and Halak grabbed it, but there was no clear visible right proof that the puck was over the line which it may or may not have been yeah whatever um, i'm super impressed by boston that they won that game though like super impressed uh montreal philly one one yeah uh it's hard to kind of get a gauge on this series. i thought the first game was close-ish montreal could have won that game yeah it, the, could be it was not right close now. second game no second game was a blowout montreal played really really well and Philadelphia didn't. Carey Price, another shout-out. Carey Price Carey Price, phenomenal. <laughs> Carey Price has come to play. Did you see that save the other yeah, night? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Like, how do you stop a puck when your stick is like this? Unbelievable. Like, it's just like, I'm going to give you some geometry, people, and bam, yeah. just enough angle to deflect it up. Yeah. The fact that, that Philadelphia played so poorly in Game 2 made Montreal look better than they actually are. So, I'm a little concerned there because Game 3, they're going to come out. I think Philadelphia today is going to going to come up pretty good yeah. but Montreal's two really th- good things going for them number one they have or three I guess number one they've already beaten Philadelphia so they know they can do it again number two Carey Price is playing very well and number three which isn't actually a positive thing it's more of a negative thing with Claude Julian going away um Kirk Muller stepped in the good part about that is the boys really want to win for mm-hmm. Claude so they've got something emotionally yeah they're emotionally invested in, in the success of the team not just because they want to win but because they want to win for someone Philly's going to have something too because, you know, Elaine Mignon is going to be saying they embarrassed you guys out yes. there by adding all those extra goals. I think like, this should be an intense game. Montreal's been an extremely physical team these playoffs. Yep. I don't know where it's come from. Yep. But it's working. It's working. I think Philadelphia's going to come out very physical in this game. We should see some fights, big hits. This is going to be a very good game. Game three today is going to be an amazing game. Are you surprised the Islanders are up 2 nothing on Washington? I'm extremely surprised. So am I. And that's not taking anything away from yep. the Islanders. They're a very good team. I just felt like with the talent that Washington has, even if they are down in a game, they can turn it on and put some pucks in the net and probably win one of these two games for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised that they're up two. I would have ex- expected uh, probably a 1-1 scenario right mm-hmm. now. But uh, yeah, good on the Islanders. They're the team I'm cheering for. So, Tampa Bay up 2-1. Any surprises there? <sighs> Maybe a little bit for you. 
Because you weren't These have been really close games. Every game has been close. So I'm not really surprised it's 2-1, regardless of what team's 2 and what team's 1. I felt... Tampa Bay is a better team. Mm -hmm. Columbus is getting barely any shots. Like Their shots per game versus Tampa is significantly lower. Yep. Like if they're going to beat Tampa, they need to they need to find some offense somewhere mm-hmm. um, because it's it it ain't working. But it's a good series because it's really good hockey for the most part. Calgary over Dallas two one. I legitimately have not watched barely any of this series. Neither have I. Like barely any, so I don't even have an educated opinion on what's going on here. I I can't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Vegas up three nothing on Chicago? I guess that's not to be unexpected or I don't think I would have predicted a three nothing lead in the series I felt like Chicago probably put have could have pulled off a game and they could have based on how they played it still could though it could be like a 4-1 series it could be a 4-1 series I think Chicago has the ability to come back and probably win two games I don't think uh, they're I don't think they're going to win three games no I think Vegas I don't think Vegas is going to sweep I think Chicago is going to win a game Vancouver St. Louis uh Vancouver's up two nothing like I want to say I'm surprised by this, but based on how St. Louis played in the preliminary games yep. and how yep. Vancouver played in the preliminary games, yep. I'm kind of not surprised by this. Vancouver's playing so well. St. And Louis and Boston are basically the same thing. They just didn't do anything. Yeah, and like Bennington, I mean, let's be real. He hasn't really looked that great. Yeah. So um, this is fantastic. I really love this. <laughs> uh, which one did I forget because I've been jumping around? Uh, Colorado and Colorado Arizona. Colorado and Arizona. Yeah, I, this I watched one, part of that game yesterday. I mean, Kemper... Completely, yep. completely stole a game. The, the the game three, I think it was. It was it was unbelievable. But I think Colorado still wins this series mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, let's get into some fun stuff here, and then we'll wrap it up. Let's do it. Okay, I meant to go up this morning and check this number, and I didn't, so I don't have the most recent total. But Elliot Friedman is shaving the beard, which is very unfortunate, but it's for a good cause. Yeah, he's so. going to be. The proceeds are going to the Steve Ludzik Foundation and the Red Shoe Fund. Mm. Um, as of last night when I printed these notes, um, he had a $10,000 goal and he actually exceeded that. Yeah. It's 10,400. 10, I don't know what it's at this morning. It's probably higher than that. Mm. Um, but I did print these last night. So that's awesome. Anyways, the beard's coming off. Uh, Buffalo are going back to the Royal blue jerseys, which everyone online seems to be pumped about. Yeah. I'm going to all eventually make a video about this probably early this week. Um, I was pretty drained after the last week and a half of uh, videos <laughs> yeah. prepping all the series and live streams and everything. So I will make a video about this, but my short thoughts are, Pretty cool, but I'm not that excited as most people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it's 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 very similar to what they have. It's There's extremely, like, it's a shade Like, change. I have the details, <laughs> like, I have the neck details, the striping and the crest and the yeah. logo. I have the changes, but they're just small refinements to what they already had. Kind totally. Of. Yeah. Um, and then the last one we'll say, we'll get to is Gordon Miller, who is TSN guy slash NBC guy. Um, he's walking around the bubble. Just doing his thing. Maybe he's not a lot not allowed to do. Go for walks and yeah, stuff. He's in the bubble, you know, walking around, looks down. There's a box of empty condoms down there. In the uh, bubble. Uh, in the bubble with all dudes. Which is basically 98% men. So, is someone sneaking in? Some oh, women's. Oh, I don't think so. Or is someone uh, taking care of business himself? <laughs> like something going on. Or, or it's just a troll. But it was a... No, I don't think it's a troll. I think there's something going on. Hmm. I don't... I don't it makes it sound like it's the players. I don't. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think it's the players. It's definitely not the players. It's someone else. Yeah. Um, having a good time, I think. But his tweet says, "Day thirteen in the NHL bubble. Someone's having a very <laughs> different experience than the rest of us." Just an amazing tweet. It's an incredible tweet. Yeah. 
And that's it. That's, that's all we got for this one. That's pretty. And we even kind of left some things out. That's yep. how much. That's how much stuff happened. Yep. Um, there are games on today. I do not have them written down, so I don't specifically know which ones come on at what specific time. So we're going to avoid the predictions. I think maybe unless you want to look them up. I can look them up real quick. You want to make some predictions? You know how I can do that? I can go on our Discord really quick. Heck yeah. Shout out to Discord if you're not on Discord. All right. So Washington, Discord. New York Islanders. I think Washington needs to win this game. They have to win this I'm, game. I'm with you. So I'm predicting Washington. Dallas, Calgary. I'll predict Calgary just because Dallas is really inconsistent. Look at you. Dallas is going to win the game. Hats on. Man, you always wear that hat. Uh, Vegas, Chicago. Chicago. They're going to win their game today. Chicago has to win this game. Yep. Uh, I don't feel like they'll be embarrassed if they if they get swept. They weren't even supposed to get this far. Okay, yeah, they weren't supposed, they to, be, they weren't supposed so to be in the playoffs so far, period. But I want to give I'll give Chicago some love. I'll predict Chicago. Philly Montreal. Philly's gonna Philadelphia. Philadelphia. What? <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> is going to win this game. I think it's gonna be the opposite of game two. If Montreal wins this game, do they win the series? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna take Montreal. I love <laughs> Are you really? Series. Yep. <laughs> uh St. Louis, Vancouver. Vancouver. I think St. Louis is gonna win their game today. Oh. We'll see. All right. Well, that's a, there's a lot of information that we talked about, a lot of things discussed. Next week, we'll probably have just as many things because it's... Uh, I like our new note system. It the makes, new note system's good. It makes Saturday nights yeah. way better. Guess who's going to be on the next podcast? Next week? The legend? The goat. Coming the, down? The goat will be here as far as I know. Now, we may have to film on Saturday night, potentially. We can do it whenever. Uh, because I think he might leave on Sunday. I don't exactly know. Do you know what else the goats can experience? The flight simulator. Oh, the flight man. That's that comes out on Tuesday, I believe. Is it the fifteenth? It's the eighteenth, right? And today's the fifteenth. I think it's Tuesday. <laughs> We're getting close to the flight simulator. Yeah, so there might not be any videos <laughs> later in the week. <laughs> um, no, there will be, of course. Tune into Twitch to watch Neil learn how to fly. Oh yeah. Plane. By the way, if you if you're not aware, we did live stream uh, Friday night. Marbles. We looked at, well, we live streamed on YouTube, looked at some jersey concepts. If you haven't seen that, uh, go check it out. We we looked at some AHL jerseys, some NHL jerseys, reacted to them. Um, and then we transitioned over to Twitch. Our first live stream on Twitch, we had a roughly between 40 and 50 people mm-hmm. uh, on over on Twitch following us. And we were playing marbles. If you don't know what marbles is, it's a physics-based game where everyone gets a marble. And there's every map is different. And uh, gravity depends, or gravity determines how your ball interacts with other balls and and things in, on each map, and the first marble to the end wins. Yeah, so and it's basically a live stream. Everyone in chat type something. They get a marble in game with their name on it. Yeah, all the marbles are at the top of this obstacle course, and then they all just go. And then we play by play it with all the names up and see who gets first, second, third. Exactly. So it's not something you can watch. It's actually something that you can take part in. Everybody and loved it. Everybody, yeah, we had, a, had an awesome time. So we're going to do that again this week, I think, if we can. Yep. And uh, so if you're not following on Twitch, it is twitch.tv slash post to post is the link and just give it a follow because you actually need to be following the account to uh, to play marbles. So and if you don't have a Twitch account, just make a Twitch account because you need that as well. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have some fun with this and we watch hockey at the same time while we did it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be talking a little bit of hockey while we do it and then having some fun with the with the game of marbles. And, and everyone, that, game, that game does not work on YouTube, which is why we have to do it on Twitch. Correct. Otherwise, we just do it on YouTube because you're already there. Yeah. And everyone had a, such a such a fun time. It was yeah, we had people in Discord asking, like, when we're we doing it again. Yeah, we're like, you guys well, we don't again? know. That was just kind of a one-off. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I'll try and link that down below in the description, or I'll get Jason to because he runs this channel. So the link to the yep the Twitch, and I'll put it in mine because that's not in there right now. So. Yeah. 
All right, guys, thanks for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, this wraps up episode 12. If you're not subscribed to this channel, I would love it if you could go down and hit the subscription uh, button on YouTube. If you're listening on an audio basis, if you want to give us a follow on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to it, we'd really appreciate that. Hope you're watching lots of hockey, and uh, we'll catch you next week for episode 113, hopefully with the GOAT. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you. You did most of these notes. You're the man. We'll see you guys later. Adios.